Welcome to On The Penalty Spot with Dave and Luke, episode three. Luke, who are you going to name this episode after, mate? Vicente uh, Lizarazu. Oh, Lizarazu. Lizarazu. What Je a great French back he was. Je m'appelle Lizarazu. What a French name. Vicente Lizarazu. It doesn't get much yeah. French than, doesn't really get much French than that, does it? Oh, Franck Leboeuf. That's pretty oh, French. Franck Leboeuf, yeah. Or Laurent Blanc. Didier Deschamps. There's a oh, few. It's, it's, it, it just sounds better when you put the accent. <laughs> Did, Always. Didier Deschamps. Didier Deschamps. Deschamps. Yeah, Didier yeah. Deschamps. Des <laughs> uh, how good, mate. Um, how you been? New role? New role at work? Yeah, mate, started a new job. Shout out to my bosses who I know are listening to this. So it's, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Um, fresh chapter of the life. Uh, booked a date for the wedding next year. So it's, it's exciting. All, it's all systems go, mate. So exactly 13 months to the day until I get married. So I, I've, I've checked my diary. I may have something on, but I'll let you know. Um, I think I may be podcasting solo then. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. No worries at all. You can you can do this uh, can I, alone. Can, can, I, can, I, can I bring my headset? Yeah, well, I'm bringing mine. I mean, yeah. I'll be playing football manager and um, recording the podcast on my wedding night. So, <laughs> oh, heaven. I haven't run that by Viv yet, but um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. She, yeah, she, she she'll, she'll just nod, <laughs> nod in appreciation. Just sticking to you. Yeah, she understands. Um, busy week, busy week in the Premier League, busy week in football. Um, Italian Serie A's back. La Liga. Most teams have started started back. Um, most goals on a, of a weekend in the Premier League. It's got goals galore. Um, Newcastle didn't get a shot on target, so yeah, we didn't, definitely didn't get any of them. Um, mate, very entertaining. Some cracking games in terms of scoreline. Um, a few tips we got right, a few tips we got very wrong. I, I dare say a lot of people would have got a, quite, a, quite a few of these tips wrong. Um, <laughs> and quite a few transfers happening now, especially with the window closing pretty soon. Um, we'll, we'll kick off episode three without a French accent. And mate, we'll delve right into Everton and West Brom. We we tipped uh well, I tipped a two 0 win with a Hammers goal. I got that Hammers goal. Um but those goals galore in this one. Five two Everton. Um Hammers on the score sheet, Keen, um, DCL with three. It didn't look like it was going Everton's way at the start. Um Dean Garner scoring. Cracking goal or his debut goal. Um we can see why West Ham, well, Nolan, Kevin, no, not Kevin Nolan. No, Mark Noble was th- throwing, and probably Kevin Nolan. Um, Kevin Nolan as well. Yeah, yeah, Mark Noble was throwing his toys out of the pram about this kid um, and cracking free kick from Pereira. Um But, mate, your, your man, um, Dominic Kevin Nolan with three. Phenomenal. Um, yeah, it was... It was a good game. I really enjoyed watching it. I had a, a sneaky multi on, so I was riding it from start to finish. And mm. I was you, one Hammers Rodriguez shot on target away you, from winning eight hundred and fifty dollars. You have um, you have a you have a little knack for falling one one league short of like even in the NBA ones. And NFL this morning as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, New Orleans Saints as well. But I'll, I'll get one. I'll, I'll strike big one day. But this was um, my entertaining game, start to finish. Uh, made the call last week. Calvert Lewin was one of my shouts to be um, Golden Boot, uh, and I got on him last week at fifty ones. And by the end of the game, he was eight dollars fifty uh, to be top scorer. Uh, I don't think there's a better header of the ball in the Premier League than Calvert Lewin. He's he's phenomenal, uh, and his positional awareness and the the improvement he's made under Ancelotti. He's probably the most improved player over the last twelve months in the Premier League, uh, no doubt about it. James Rodriguez, 
orchestrated the whole thing. Mm. Absolute master, masterclass from him. Um, he's taken a Premier League like a duck to water. I thought there'd be a, you know, a bit of a honeymoon period where it'll take him time to settle. But he's looking um, every bit the uh, the world-class player and on a free transfer. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Signed him for. It's incredible, James. He, he he has taken it like a duck to water. He's, his ability to cut in, use his left foot, pick a pass. Um very much pulling the strings for Everton, a bit like Kevin De Bruyne does for Man City. Um, has that he has that vision, takes the free kicks, um, that cracking left foot. Um, but mate, just going back on Dominic Cavalier and his positional awareness is 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 phenomenal. His goals are tap ins, um, four yards, six yards, eight yards, twelve, eighteen corners with his head. Um, but he's a real deal. I, I I would like to see him given a chance in England and, and to see what kind of damage he does. Does does Everton have one of the best midfielders? So do, does Dominic Cavalier have one of the best midfield setups behind him in the Premier League? No doubt about it. I mean, if you can keep Hammers uh, fit for the season, uh, Hammers is going to feed him and, and he's going to tuck them away. I don't think he scored a goal from outside the penalty box. He, he That's not his game. He's... As a striker in the Rude Van Nistelrooy he's, mold. He's, Van he's, Nistelrooy he's in, and an, in and around on the penalty spot, some would say. I see what you're doing there. That's pretty mm. clever. Mm. Yeah. We try and get a sponsorship deal. Um, no, yeah. Dolphin Calvert-Lewin presents on the penalty spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. We'll I'll our... put the feelers out. I'll put the yeah. feelers out. See what he gets back. But yeah, I think so. With um, with Alan orchestrating that midfield, just doesn't move too much, that kid, but he just, just passes, picks a pass, doesn't really need to move, pull the strings. Richarlison on jet shoes, and he's going to click. He's going to find the back of the net soon. Um, he's, there's definitely a lot of talent in there. And then, obviously, Decore. Um, de, 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 de I can't not do it every set, every uh, every time every, every episode. Um, mate, I, they they're exciting to watch. If you, if you're looking at teams on the list at the start of the season, and, and I had a said, who am I who am I going to want to watch? I, it was it was obviously going to be us and and Leeds. Um, Everton's right up there, mate. I'll, I'll, I'll go out of my way, and especially as I did on on a Saturday night, which I usually get to bed early. Um, I, I watched the whole Everton game and ruined my whole weekend recovery. <laughs> um, but it made it was worth it. It was a cracking game. Um, and it's really good to see another team emerging out of this. And whether how long they can sustain it, we'll, we'll see. But there, there's a definitely you know, potential for a top six squad there. Absolutely. I mean, the red card for you know, West Brom on the stroke of halftime to Kieran Gibbs did help Everton. But they still had to go on with it. And they were ruthless uh, in that second half. They can they can improve as well, Everton. They're not a complete team, you know. They conceded a couple of goals. That first goal that Dean Garner scored, defense just backed off way mm. too much. But he's a very very exciting prospect. Uh, Dean Garner played well in the championship last year. Uh, obviously, West Ham fans are up in arms that they sold him, but West Brom have got a bit of a diamond on their hands there. If they can, um, if he can, you know, produce consistently throughout the season, bigger things await for him. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Um... Moving on, Leeds Fulham. We spoke about Leeds um, last week that they're going to be entertaining. Um, mate, they lost four three last week. They've won four three this week. Costa with double. Cleese with one. Bamford again. We spoke about Bamford um, in our preview and said, "Is he?" I didn't. I don't think we said he will be. I just we question mark. Is he going to be a bit like a Dwight Gale, great in the Championship and 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 poor in the Premier League? Um, he took his goal like a veteran striker. That, that little touch and finish was sensational. Um, Fulham, Mitrovic, uh, I think that's where 
Fulham are going to get their goals from. Um, his power, his presence, he's well suited to the Premier League. Um, but I can't see Fulham, as we said, doing too much. Leeds were exciting. A bit disappointing they're leading a couple. I, I really thought that Leeds would run away with that um, towards the end and really close it out. But nonetheless, three points and, and they're, off the, they're off the mark. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Leeds are going to be the entertainers this season, I think. 7-4, um, 7-against after two games. We were joking about it the other day. I think you said they're going to score about 20,000 goals a season. And I joked saying it's like a goal difference of zero. It's yeah. just they can't keep conceding three or four every week and expecting to win. I've just read that they are actually apparently close to signing Diego Lorente as a you know, centre-back, um, which would be a great signing if they can get him because there's a lot of work that needs to be done for both teams in yeah. defence. On Patrick Bamford, though, took that goal really well. But mm. the fourth goal as well, that acceleration... Yeah, he, he, looked, he looked quick, didn't he? Yeah. Something I don't know that, if he looked quick or Adoy looked slow. Mm, it's ridiculous. Yeah, there's probably something we didn't think Banford had. I, I kind of thought he was no. a, a med, medi, mediocre pace at best, and or he maybe just trots around and looks lazy. But he has some wheels there. It'd be interesting to see how he goes. He could be a little... Um, he may have found his, um, found his place at, at Leeds, and, and Rodrigo started a um, little bit in behind him. So be interesting to, to to see how it goes, but nonetheless, mate, any any team under Basela is going to be great to uh, great to watch, and 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 the players are really going to buy in. And we we chatted about players buying in, which we'll touch touch on in a moment with Newcastle. But um, you have a good manager, players are going to buy into that into that culture and into the way of the way of their playing and the style of their play. Yeah, the one thing that Bielsa won't like was the fact that 4-1 up, they took their foot off the gas and Fulham, Fulham had a chance to equalise right at the end. Uh, you know, Neskins hit the post and it could have easily been 4-4. Yep. So they need to get rid of those concentration lapses uh, because there's definitely goals going forward, but they just need to concentrate and um, tighten up in defence. If they can do that, they'll have a great season. They'll be this season Sheffield United. Uh, and that's... Yes. And we said, we, we said that pretty early on, didn't we? I think... Um, if you're in the fantasy Premier League and you're watching, we spoke about Harrison, but I think Costa could be a little little dark horse at five and a half mil. Um, I know one of my clients has just started listening to us and um, he was quite happy with um, the feedback we've been given in, in regards to who we, who we like and he, he's uh, taken some advice on board for his fantasy team. So we might drop a few fantasy bombs during, uh, during the, the future shows. I hope he uh, listened to me with Dominic Calvert-Lewin last well, week. Well, I did. Well, I did. I did. I popped him in now, though, a little bit too late. So, shame I didn't have Sun as well with the four goals, but we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, mate, moving on. United were, were rubbish for me. I watched um, I watched a bit of this game. Um, not so much that they were poor. I think Palace were really deserved winners. Um, Zaha causing all types of trouble with his pace, his trickery, Townsend on the score sheet. Uh, but, mate, for me, we spoke about this last season. Um, United don't have any centre-backs. Maguire's probably the most overrated, overspent centre-back in the game. Um, apologies, he's English, but he's very poor. I was chatting to um, chatting to my niece's boyfriend today. He plays um, under-18s, and under-18s, I think he's in the Manly United squad. Um, he's a central defender, and, and we're just chatting, and, and he's a United fan. He's just like, Lindelof is basically saying he's poor, and Maguire's is extremely overrated, and they're, they're short. they're short of two centre-backs, and... And as you mentioned, they they are falling behind in the transfer window. They're they're looking for your Sancho's. They bought Vanderbeek, which we discussed. Yeah, he got on the score sheet, but we don't know where he fits in. Um, does Ole Gunnar Solskjaer know what he's doing in the transfer market? Not just in the transfer market; it's on the pitch as well. I mean, tactically, they set up completely wrong. 
against Crystal Palace. Palace just crippled them. Um, Palace completely deserved to win that. Zaha terrorised them. Lindelof had an absolute shocker. Maguire's only good if you just throw crosses into the box. He can head them away. Um, he's not particularly quick. Uh, he doesn't read the game for an £80 million centre-back very well. They need, a, they need a big couple of weeks in the transfer market here. Um, I don't know who they go for, to yeah. be honest, in terms of centre-backs. It's um, Diota Pamacano uh, has been linked. I've seen that. That would be a great signing, but still young. They need someone. <laughs> Thiago Silva probably would have been a good signing uh, for Man United just to add a little bit of steel uh, absolute, to the defence. It would been an absolute class signing for United. And I think... Um... They did it a few years ago with Laurent Blanc uh, yep. towards the end. They just brought him in. He was 35, but they knew exactly what they were doing. He came in as a stopgap for a season or two. And, uh, you, you can't put a price on experience. And, did, and Lindelof... They did, they did that with Zlatan. They did. And yeah. they did it with Henrik Larsson prior. Yeah. It's not... It, it works. Man United have done it. It, it does work. It, and they brought a skulls back out of retirement as well. Yeah, so skull. They've done I it look at times. that United plenty of times. There's not a lot of real experience in that Man United team. And I still have question marks about De Gea. Uh, I've got a question for you, though. Andre Ayew took the penalty. De Gea saved it. He was off the line. Penalty gets retaken. Why were Palace allowed to change the penalty taker? Shouldn't the original penalty taker take the penalty? I think so, yes. But I also think that De Gea had his foot in the air. I don't think he. I think it was a pretty harsh call, to be honest. I think I know rules are rules, and you've got to be have your feet on the line. But he's in line. He, his body's in line with that goal line. He's trying to take his momentum away. Um, but yeah, couldn't agree more. I don't think he should be allowed to change the penalty taker. If if that gets has to be retaken, it has to be retaken by the same penalty taker. I agree, and that's um, no one really mentioned it or brought it up. But I'm watching, going, well, why should you be allowed to change that? So, yeah, it's something that um, just crossed my mind when I was watching the game. Um, mm. Just seemed a little bit odd to me. But obviously, yeah. there's nothing in the rules against it. But maybe there should be. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, mate, Arsenal West Ham, pretty dull, boring game to be honest. Um, Antonio got on the seat early. That is it. Um, good, little, good little finish by Eddie in the end. They're good, good little setup actually. Um, good little assist by by Dennis um, Savalas. Um, Mate, the game was poor. It could have gone either way. Um, it was almost Arsenal of old. We play one good game, play one good game. Um, West Ham did look better than how they looked against Newcastle. Uh, I think David Moyes could come out of that game feeling pretty hard done by, conceding pretty late against Arsenal. But um, we, we've tipped Arsenal to do well. And as, as, as you mentioned, good teams find an, a way to win. And if they're going to win ugly, it's still three points. Probably your most famous words besides plenty of time left is, you know, <laughs> it's three points. Um, yeah, mate, not not a very exciting game to watch this one. Nah, it was a little, little bit dull. Um, but these are the kind of games that Arsenal need to win and they are winning now under Mikel Arteta. So he has changed the, um, the culture of the club because that was a game... Last year, Arsenal would have drawn or lost late. But the fact that they kept the concentration, two substitutes, um, you know, scored the goal. And the week prior, they had the argument, the dust-up before the game as well. Um, it shows that there's a good culture there because they had the bust-up last week, Ceballos and Nketiah. And I, I like to see that. I'll use your Boston Celtics as well. They lost yeah. the game the other day. There was shouting. There was arguments going on. But that just that shows passion to me. Mm. It's not... 
they're not having a go at each other. It's because they've got a will to win. Well, they, 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 they care. They care. The media will come out and say there's an argument and they're fighting. They're not fighting. They're, they're professionals and they care about their results. They care about their team and they care about the culture of the club. Um, so it's pretty good to see. Um, mate, Southampton Spurs, son, um, 55 goals in that game. Uh, Harry Kane, absolute masterclass. Danny Ings, another couple. Those are going to be a great golden boot race. Uh, DCL, Danny Ings, Vardy, Sun, Kane, potentially, um, Orba. Um, mate, they, they were class. Sun, Sun and Kane were, were sensational. Sun's finishing was incredible. Yeah, they're all one-on-ones, and he, he should be tucking them away, but nonetheless... Um, but Spurs were pretty poor in the first half. Um, Southampton looked good on the counter. They were quick. Um, but maybe may for, for Spurs to do well, yeah, they've just picked up Gareth Bale, which we'll potentially touch on a bit later and would be fantastic. But for, for Spurs to do well, they're going to need 15, 20 goals from Sun. He's what, got, what, four already. So yeah. he's um, finishing was impeccable. He needs 11 more. Yeah, his finishing was impeccable. And four assists from Kane. Sun finished them off. Spurs, I'm sorry, Southampton playing a, a stupidly high line against Sun's pace. Kane, in the whole of last season, only got two assists, and he doubled that in one game, in one half, actually, here. But Spurs were quite poor in the first half. Um, I was a little disappointed in them. I know Kane had a goal ruled out early. Uh, but that second half, they just they just turned on the style. Um, for them to score five goals away from home against Southampton, knowing they still have Bale to come back in, yeah, it's pretty I, guess, guess, I guess, three weeks, Spurs fans can feel, you know, relatively rest, you know, comfortable um, that they might have a good season ahead. There's still a couple of question marks in that squad. Uh, not all teams will be as generous as Southampton in defence. Southampton were very, very poor at the back. Uh, Danny Ings, good couple of goals, you know, late consolation penalty. But it's actually encouraging to see a lot of English strikers scoring. You know, Kane, Ings, Vardy, Calvert Lewin, yeah, leading up to Euro 2021 next year. So hopefully, you can go the old. Um, Brazilian 1970 formation, 4-2-4. Just stick those four boys up front. We'll be all right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Mate, probably a game we don't want to chat about. Um, Newcastle-Brighton. Um, mate. What did I write in my notes for Newcastle? Yeah, I was about to say that. I did without even, <laughs> without even, without even looking at your notes. Um, mate, 3 nil brighton um, Lamptey quality. Brighton were great in possession. Newcastle, absolute shit. Um, we went down early, and we discussed this in depth over, over text and, and over Twitter. And um, it doesn't matter what team you are, if you go down two two goals to nil in eight minutes, you have a license to attack. You have a license to throw players forward. You have a license to attempt to control the game and put some form of put your foot down in some capacity. Um, Newcastle did nothing. They sat back. They were lackluster. They didn't have a shot on target. They didn't look like attacking. That they, they Their body language was poor. Um, going Touching back on leads where the players are buying in and playing for Basela, I find it... Look, they say that Bruce is a nice guy and the, and the players love Bruce. It's very evident. It's very obvious. Seven wins in... What was it? Five wins in 27 games, I should say. Five wins in 27 games, um, which sackable stats. Um, it shows me that the players are not buying into his tactical style, his 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 quality of playing, his his instructions, his tactical nous, which we've discussed that he has very minimal um, ability to. I, I worry what Newcastle is going to turn up tomorrow morning, um, and what Newcastle is going to turn up against Spurs. 
it wasn't great, was it? Um, no. But before I rant about Newcastle, I'll give credit to Brighton. They thoroughly three nil probably flattered them. They they could have scored four or five. We we weren't even in the game. It was it was an embarrassment to see their centre backs. You know, Lewis Dunk and um, Ben White just pinging twenty yard passes to the midfielders' feet. We we don't have centre backs who do that. John Joe Shelby was terrible. Tarek Lamptey. England have an abundance of right backs. Let's just say that. But Lamptey has just shot right up the pecking order. He was unplayable. Um, so much so that St. Maximin had to be shifted to the other wing. Yeah. Um, just because he couldn't handle He wasn't tracking back. He was awful, uh, St. Maximin as well. He just didn't didn't have the head, the heart for it that day. Uh, but Brighton will do well. Uh, Mopé, a couple of goals. Um, Aaron Connolly, you know, young striker, great finish towards the end. Trossard causes us all sorts of problems. Basuma played really well before... He uh, scorpion kicked Jamal Lewis in the face. Um, <laughs> honestly, Matt Ryan, Duncan it, White, they they it, could reuse their kit for next week. They didn't even oh, wash it. They, yeah, they, did, they did absolutely nothing. We we discussed about Newcastle selections as well, didn't we? We um, I kind of mentioned that it'd be good to see um, Almiron start um, instead of Carroll, just to provide that little bit of extra pace there, and and drop Hendrick and bring Fraser on, and and just just move these big guys, Lewis Dunk, around, and that these you know these big. English centre backs and for for me, Brighton were class. Um, you touched on it. Connolly's exciting. He, he's he's very he's an exciting player to see how he develops. Young Irish kid, but um, mate, for me, it felt like Bruce has picked his squad and just hope for the best. Hope to recreate the West Ham performance. But that's the thing. The West Ham and Brighton are two completely different teams. West Ham don't like possession of the ball. Brighton control the game. So if you go into that game with the same tactics, you're not going to get the same result. And that's what Bruce yeah. didn't realise. You don't need to start Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll, the ball just bounced off him. He didn't do anything. He was redundant. Wilson had a golden opportunity. He missed that header. The game changed in the second half when Almiron came on and we changed. We put Hendrick in the middle. Uh, Hendrick, Shelby and Hayden as a midfield trio. Then we started looking a little bit more... Oh, no. The, the bar wasn't set high in the first half, but yeah. our second half was an improvement. But that's the thing. And we play Morecambe, not tomorrow, but the morning after in the cup. Yeah, apologies. Yeah, 4.45, yeah. We'll probably get smashed because who knows? Who knows what team's going to turn up? Well, it'd be it's, very uh, it'd be very Newcastle of us to, to lose that game and then go on and beat Spurs. It's true. Uh, you know, Spurs put five past Southampton. Just looking at the results on the weekend, you dread to think how many they could put on us next week. Mm, be interesting. But... Um, Nonetheless, we, we support and we, we fight on. Um, mate, Chelsea-Liverpool, we, we look forward to this. We actually tipped Chelsea to win. Um, interesting game. Red card, uh, Thiago debut, uh, Mane, Mane in the double, missed penalty for Jorginho, which we touched base last episode, said the kid never misses a penalty, so we've put the absolute curse on him. So maybe, <laughs> maybe we can pick someone to put a curse on, maybe Son or Kane. Uh, um, yep. But mate, Liverpool are pretty good. But Thiago actually completed the most passes in Premier League history. On he did in forty-five minutes. Oh, he's an absolute genius, mate. Uh, before I get into it, I've been copping a little bit of. Um, I upset a couple of people uh, when I was just. Oh, we don't apologize. We don't po- apologize on here. I, I have to make an apology. Unless it's a five. Un- unless it's a five-nil in FIFA. <laughs> That's true, but I'm going to apologise to Reese because I've just missed Liverpool. But I have said in the previous podcast they need to strengthen, and they have strengthened this week. So they have, yeah. You won't see me being against Liverpool too often going forward anymore. So Reese, I'm sorry. Keep listening. 
All right. Thanks, mate. <laughs> so back to, back to the game. Red card changed everything for oh, me. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. It, it really did. Kepa, atrocious. Uh, I don't know how long Chelsea can stick with him. They can't. Uh, well, they will, though. That's the thing. I mean, I know they're buying a keeper from Wren, um, but I don't know if he's going to be a backup yeah, or if Mendy, he's going to yeah. start. Mendy. I don't think he's going to start. I think Lampard wants to stick with Kepa. They're paying him an absolute fortune. Uh, he cost a fortune. So I think they're looking at De Gea. De Gea started off bad, came good, then went shit again. Kepa's sort of been shit the whole time, so He's they're waiting for the spike. You, you can't give he goals. Has. You can't give goals like like that away, to, especially to a Liverpool side. Um, and that first Liverpool goal was one of the best goals of the season so far. That team team goal, Firmino's cross, Mane's header. Yeah, Bobby, Bobby, such, Bobby doing Bobby things, which is not scoring, but setting them up. Yep. So, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about Liverpool's transfers a little bit later. But Thiago adds such a different element to what Liverpool have had previously. They were already a potent, formidable team, but now they've got that extra dimension of Thiago in his range of passing. Thiago behind Mane, Salah and Firmino is absolutely terrifying for Premier League defences now. Yeah. Before they had Fabinho, Vinaldum, Henderson. Neither of them I would call particularly creative or with a really diverse range of passing. Thiago ticks all of those boxes. So Liverpool this week are a lot better than Liverpool were last week in terms of squad depth. Yeah, definitely. I could not agree more there. Um, mate, they've picked up a, a good little signing um, in Thiago. Um, and then moving on, um, we'll, we'll touch base on that. But, um, mate, we've picked up Yoda as well, which, which is going to be a good little pickup. Good little pickup. Just provide a little bit extra competition um, up top. Uh, moving on. Leicester, Burnley, Leicester, 4-2. They're two from two, first time since they won the title. Um, Barnes, bit, bit of a share goal. Justin got on. Um, Dennis Pryat scored. Um, Chris Wood, mate, this, the kid can play for a Kiwi. He's a, he's a, great, he's a great English striker. Um, does well. Um, mate, yeah, Leicester's top of the, top of the league, but Yuri Tillemans, uh, we hope to sign him back in the day and we always picked him up on from Anderlecht on football manager and he, he, he pulls the strings for that side I think without him Leicester do find themselves just to be a little bit lacklustre and, and not as creative He's their most important player I know Vardy gets the goals but for me without Tillemans pulling the strings and dictating the, the play it doesn't work and his threading of that through ball yeah. um, to yeah. James Justin Oh, no, sorry, it wasn't Justin, it was to Castagna on the right. Um, deflected off Peters and went in. That was an inch-perfect pass. I saw Hammers play yeah. one the day before, and then Tillemans was every bit the equal uh, in terms of his passing range, which was great. Burnley, it was their first game of the season, uh, so I expected them to be rusty, and they were. Um, Jimmy Dunn on his debut, uh, young Irish centre-back. It was good to see him score. It was a bit of a weird goal, but he'll take it. And Chris Wood is criminally underrated. Um you said it. He's probably, well, he probably is the best Kiwi player to play in the oh, Premier League. Yeah. Um, Winston Reid had a good career in the Premier League. Don't get me wrong, um, but for me, Chris Wood, I, I wouldn't be too upset if uh, if we signed him. <laughs> I'll just say that I take him over oh, most of our strikers. Yeah, mate, definitely. I think um, 
Mate, I can't see Burnley doing what Burnley did last season, but Leicester surprises with their start. They have had a pre- relatively easy start, but um, mate, they're getting themselves in the right position to well. Good to see Harvey Barnes on the score sheet too. I think he has a, I think he has a lot of potential. Absolutely. And Dennis, yeah, he does. He's um, it was a great yeah. goal and good composure from Vardy as well, because uh, most strikers when Vardy was through, he would have just had a shot, but he stopped, assessed the options, played it square to Castagna, Castagna to Barnes. It was just a really good composed team goal but the real litmus test for Leicester comes next week they're away to Man City so yep. that is um, that's going to be the judge of weather because they've played a poor West Brom and a rusty Burnley so yeah, yeah, yes definitely. they're two from two they're top of the league but there's an asterisk there's a yeah there's an asterisk definitely definitely there's an asterisk especially with um, with uh, City coming up who, who started off well which we'll touch base on very very soon um Mate, Villa, Sheffield United, um, very controversial red card. Um, Martinez on debut, saving a pen from Lundstrom. Um, the, and they had the penalty with 10 men. Um, and then Villa snatching the points. There's a valuable three points. We've tipped Villa to go down. Um, and any points at this, at you know, at any time of the season for clubs like Villa and I guess ourselves and and, um, you know, Fulham's and West Brom's and, and whatnot are, are vital. And I didn't actually catch too much of this game. I was following this one on live score. But um, mate, Martinez on debut doesn't come much better. Yeah, I mean, we sort of questioned the price tag a little bit um, last week, but a clean sheet and a penalty save on a, a weekend where there was only three clean sheets kept uh, doesn't really get much better. They did get a little bit fortunate with the red card. You know, Watkins was through... Um, Watkins grabbed him first then Egan grabbed him it was a 50-50 for me but I think the red card was harsh um, but it was a game changer because once once Egan was sent off I think it was after about 12 minutes um, so that that changed everything but Sheffield United still played well Uh, they've been a little bit unlucky so far I think this season Uh, I still think they'll do okay Um, you know that mid-table team this season Uh, Villa strengthened again in the last couple of days signed uh, Bertrand Traore uh, 17 yep. million pounds so they're, they're splashing the cash I still don't know if it's going to be enough Watkins did okay on his debut Matty Cash looked okay um, but against 10 men it's hard to really gauge how well Villa did to be fair because I think yep. they only had two shots on target which against 10 men it's still um, it's still quite poor two more than us well yeah but let's not use us as the litmus test but Next week, we it's a relegation six-pointer. Fulham at home to Villa. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, Fulham yeah. can pick up some points there. Yeah, we, we you know we both don't like Villa, so um, we'd no. love, love to <laughs> love, we'd love to see Fulham uh, get get a, get a few. Uh, mate, City silly, silly with Tip City for the title. Um, Wolves Wolves had a lot of chances in this game. A um, couple of shots just going wide, and Raul um, Jimenez missing a couple. A little lob chance for for Edison, um, and obviously you know, the, getting one back. Cracking header from from um, Jimenez, absolute cracking header. Um, we spoke about old school centre forwards, and he he's probably one of the best in the game at the moment. Um, but mate, City Kevin De Bruyne, absolute pure class goal and assist. Um, Foden, we spoke about Foden, and he started. Um, and I think he's going to keep starting. If he can keep scoring and keep providing um, the way he's doing, uh, I think he's going to be a sensational asset for, uh, for for City. And then Jesus getting a little bit lucky there with the third at the end. It's, um, but for me, mate, Foden was absolute quality. Yeah, he was. Um, 
for me, Wolves in that first half went in it. Uh, it took them 45 minutes to actually get going. And that was the disappointing thing yeah. um, for me watching Wolves. In the second half, they attacked. Uh, Podence was amazing. You know, he's um, been given the added responsibility of replacing Diego Jota. So a lot falls on his shoulders. He missed that lob chance against Edison. Jimenez missed a sitter really from six yards out, skewed it wide. Uh, Podence, the nutmeg on Kevin De Bruyne. It was the only mistake, if you want to call it that, that De Bruyne made all game. Podence... Nutmeg, great cross, fantastic center forwards header from Jimenez, but Phil Foden for me, quality, absolute quality. He's every bit living up to the potential that everyone has been talking about for the last couple of years. And you're right, he will start most games. I think I, I think Pep will give him a rest because he is only 20 years old uh, and they do have Ferran Torres and yeah, Mara reserve. Yeah. So. So there's a little bit of um, they've got a little bit of depth, Man City. Yeah, and Bernardo still fits into that role, and <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And Jesus got lucky with that goal, but he needs it. He he needs those goals because Aguero is going to be out for a he's little while. For two, he's out for two months now, so they they're really going to need him to um to step up. But anything with a Kevin De Bruyne touch is Kevin De Bruyne. Um, he's he's easily in the top three players in the world. It's hard to argue. I name, mean, n- n- name a third third best player behind Messi and Ronaldo. Mane. Oh, interesting. Okay. Hard to argue. I mean, his stats in the last few years. Yep. He's take take Mane out of that Liverpool team. I think he's more important than Salah is okay. for that Liverpool team for me. But mate, there's no wrong answer. There's no right answer. No. Um, just on, just on pure stats alone, um, mate. He's got a goal and assist already. He last season. He scored 13 goals, assisted 23 times. The season before Kevin De Bruyne, yeah, he was injured. But every other season, he scored eight. He, he assisted in 18, assisted in 21. He's averaging 15 to 16, maybe more, 17 assists per season at City. That, that is ridiculous. Mate, he's the postman. He always delivers. You know what you're going to get uh, from KDB. He's, he's phenomenal, absolute. That's why he won the prestigious on the Penalty Spot Player of the Year Award mm, last very, year. Very prestigious. Very prestigious. I'm sure it's on his mantelpiece. We sent him the trophy, right? Yeah, yeah. He um he tweeted and to me and said thanks. Ah, oh, okay. I oh, tweeted you. Oh, you've got the blue tick. That's yeah, right. So yes. You're you're more famous than I am. So that's yeah. okay. That's all in, all in with the blue tick. That's where it came from, <laughs> which is great. Um, but moving on, um, red champion transfer news. We spoke about Liverpool briefly. Yota and, and Thiago going on their way. Thiago's been he's going to be incredible for them. Uh, Fabinho played a new new or different role at Liverpool just to accommodate. Um, it seemed to work pretty well. Uh, mate, but Thiago's probably going to take them to a, a little extra level. So it's going to be interesting. It, it will be City and Liverpool fighting for that top spot, but God, it's going to be good to watch. It'll be closer than last season, but I'm more confident about Liverpool now with Thiago on the team than I was yep. last week. Yep. Um, and even Diego Jota as well. Um, Diego Jota, phenomenal player. Uh, that transfer just sort of came out of nowhere. There was no rumours, there was nothing. The question mark about that is they paid roughly £40 million, whereas if they spent a few million extra, they could have got Timo Werner, where people are going, did we do the right thing? But I think Jota is a lot more versatile than Timo. He, he won't expect to start every week, but he will push Firmino, he'll push Salah, he'll push Mane. He could he could surprise quite a few people, and I think this will turn out to be money well spent. Liverpool haven't got it wrong in the transfer market a lot in the last few years, so they would have done their due diligence. They know exactly what they're getting. 
yeah, yeah, I think so. They're 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 scouting pretty well, pretty well. I wouldn't say um, I, I I can't think of something something where they've stuffed up um, it, quite recent in the transfer market. To be honest, they, they've pretty much nailed it on the head, and they've they've they're, they're only buying what they need, which, which is That's good. Which, which, yeah, they're buying to strengthen, but buying what they need. Mate, Spurs. Um, we spoke about Regulon last week. Gareth Bale's officially signed. Actually, agents come out to say. And said that um, he's potentially going to stay on for two seasons, which I can't see why not, considering he's probably not welcome back in Madrid. Um, but it'd be good to be interesting to see how he fits in, how he plays, if, if he picks up. He's he's a phenomenal player. And he's still a world class player. Um, so I would like to see him thrive at, at Spurs. Um, that makes Spurs a I'm lot. Excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I, that makes Spurs a lot more dangerous than 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 what they currently are. Oh, w- without a doubt, uh, it's it's a huge huge boost, not just for Spurs but for the Premier League. Uh, to have a world class player like Gareth Bale come back, it, it, it's only going to increase eyeballs on the sport and on the game. The number nine jersey is a unique number um, to give Gareth Bale. You know, he doesn't he's not a prototypical number nine, uh, but he will fit in on the left. You know. Bale on the left, Son on the right, Kane through the middle. As you won't good. find too many, mm-hmm. too many stronger front threes outside of Liverpool, potentially yep. and Man City. Yep, you can't really. There's especially you, you, it's up there with the, the Bobby Firmino, the Salas, and the Manos. It's there's goals, there's assists, there's work rate, there's the ability to link up. It's going to be really cool. It just depends how long Gareth Bale can, you know, adapt to the Son and Kane's way of playing, um, and how well they can work together as a front three. But it's Mate, it's certainly exciting to watch Villa. Um, Villa, Burton Trail, we spoke about, touched on before. Mate, Leicester picked up a good little player here. Um, yeah, Chingy's under. Yeah, Mr. Underwear. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it. It's not a bad pickup. I quite enjoy and quite enjoy this player. He's strong, strong, good ball playing. Just mate, it'd be it'd be good to um, good to see him at Leicester. Leicester have got a bit of a habit of buying really good young players uh, mm. in recent years. Uh, I think he'll do well. He'll play on one of the wings, obviously, for Leicester, and he'll yeah. fit in pretty pretty, pretty seamlessly there. You know, they've got Soyuncu at the back, you know, fellow Turkish international, so he's yeah. already got that relationship there. So I think, yeah, I, I, I'm quite excited to see what he can do. Um, you know, he did okay in Italy. Probably hasn't fulfilled the potential just yet. No, well, obviously, uh, Roma wouldn't have let him go if that was the case. Ah, um, uh, you know, sometimes a player just needs a change of scenery. Some yep. players aren't always um, best suited mm. for for every country in the world. Not every player can be a Cristiano Ronaldo and just dominate every country they play in. So, yeah. spot on. Sometimes, but but that's a that's a great pickup for Leicester. Very excited to see how he goes, mate. Um, Arturo Vidal. So a little bit of worldwide stuff. Arturo Vidal's on his way to Inter. He's left for a whole million euros. Um, <laughs> great signing that. Um, mate, this guy's played for some big clubs. Barca, Juve, Bayern, Inter. Um, incredible stats. Um, is he as good as the clubs he's played for? I don't know. I, th- I thought he, he's he's a good player, but I've never considered him world-class or even great. Yeah, that's, that's my question. He's, he's, for me, his clubs outweigh his... <laughs> overshadow his ability. Yeah, he's he's got a good agent. I'll just, I think I'll just say that. Yeah. I think his agent is doing a good job. Same with Kevin Prince Boateng. You know, his agent yeah. has always done pretty well. So uh, he's a decent player. Um, he's not even the greatest Chilean Chilean player of all time for me. No, no, Tess, there's, mate. There's no 
Evanza Morano, there's oh mate, Celos Salas, Marcelo Salas, Alexis Sanchez, even um, mate, there's you know David Pizarro, there's loads. Clarence Acuna, yeah, oh, Clarence Acuna. <laughs> first time he's got a mention on the podcast yeah, in a long e- time, I think. E- probably ever, probably ever. Actually, that's true. But yeah, I mean, it's a it's a low risk, high reward transfer, I guess, for Inter. You know, a million euros is it's a week's wages for some players these days. So. Uh, let's see how he goes. I mean, he's towards the um, the retirement age almost uh, for a footballer. So one last hefty payday for him. So best of luck to him. Yeah, mate, exactly. Um, one thing I'm excited about is Luis Suarez. Um, Which one? The the, the, the Barcelona one. Um, <laughs> yeah. The the the, the, uh, the cannibal. Um, mate, gonna, potentially going to Atletico Madrid um, with Morata on, on his way to Juve. Um, I think Suarez would be a great pickup for Atletico. That really excites me to, to have Suarez up front banging in the goals with Joao Felix just in behind him. I think that's that's the perfect type of striker that um, Atletico Madrid need at the moment. We spoke about Atletico Madrid last season where they're, they're phenomenal at the back, the way they play, the way they control the ball through the midfield, but they, they lack goals last season. They've lacked goals ever since Griezmann left. Um, and I think this will be a good little um, good little addition to, to Atletico Madrid, the better half of Madrid. I just got a question why Barca are letting him go. I mean, he's still a world-class striker in the prime of his career, but Kuman's obviously seen something he just doesn't fancy, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is because there's not many better centre forwards out there than. No, there's Luis not. I, I think I think Yus going to be given a chance at Barcelona. I think I think there needs to be some form of shift and change at Barcelona where your Messi's 33. He's obviously going to be incredible for the next few years. Um, they've lost they've lost their old midfield. I think there's a changing of the guard happening in Barcelona where they need to start to develop and find their next. They, they, those three, four, five players are going to be there for the next, you know, five to eight years, and they've done that with De Jong. They've done that obviously uh, with Ansu Fati. Um, they, they need. They're hopefully going to bring Dembele more into the game this season. Coutinho's hanging around. Um, it'll be interesting to see who they replace Suarez. With, really, like, do you play no striker and just have Messi just as a false nine? To me, it just ramps up the pressure on Griezmann. He has to score. Yeah, there you go. He, he has to. He has now that Suarez is gone. There's a guaranteed twenty twenty five goals. Griezmann has to fill that void, and it's as simple as that. Dembele is injury prone. Um, he's, there's rumours that he may have been on the way out. I think he'll stay. I think they've spent too much money to just I give up on him stay. right now. Yep. So the onus falls on uh, Griezmann to pick up that um, the goal-scoring slack that uh, they'll lose when Suarez leaves. Because I don't really see too many other... There's not, not a lot uh, of options out there, is there? Not a, not a whole lot of options, especially up front um, for Barcelona, really. I mean, Martin Braithwaite's not going to get the goals um, for them. Uh, he'll probably go on the way out. Francisco Trincao, um, young kid, signed from Braga. Um, but that's... He's unproven. Uh, he's one for the future, not for the present. So it's it's a strange one for me for for Barcelona to let mm. Suarez. They're not letting him go. They're kicking him out essentially. They've been yeah. they've told him he's not wanted. Yeah, they're definitely kicking him out. They're forcing him to move. Um, mate, talk, speaking about forcing him to move, mate, Deli Ali. Um, bit of a surprise there. Mourinho's basically come out and said that he is available for loan. He can leave if he likes. He was dragged off at half time in, in their first game. Um, whatever. This, uh, where does Deli Ali go? Why is Mourinho letting him leave? Um, I'm probably on the same page with you at, with Deli Ali. Um, but mate, what are your thoughts? 
players stagnated over the last couple of years. You know, he was the, he rejected us to go to Spurs. Or we didn't pay five mil, whoever you want to believe, uh, from MK Dons. Set the world on fire, England regular. Then he hit at about 22, and then his career has just stalled. He hasn't really done much two in the years, last few years. Two years ago, he had the, the, the ability to be at the right spot at the right time. He had the knack for scoring 10 to 12, 15 goals a season. Um, a great goal-scoring midfielder. Kind of had a Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard written all over him in terms of goals and assists. And Mate, last year, he was a shadow of himself. Um, he was lazy. His attitude probably swayed a little bit. He, his work rate off the ball is pretty average. He was missing easy chances, very unlike Deli Alley. And I think Mourinho's probably seen that and he, and he can't afford to carry people like that. He's, he's, he's probably got a couple that he has to carry at the moment um, in that Spurs squad. But it'd be interesting to see where he goes. There's rumours Barcelona want him. Um, look, I don't know where he ends up. It'd be really, really intriguing to see who takes him on. Listen, there's no doubt he's a quality player, but he needs a change of scenery. I think he's just one of those players. Not every player can stay at the same club throughout the whole career. Some players stagnate. You've had more clubs than Jack Nicholas playing rugby. Mm, you know, yeah, you never stayed yeah. in the same place. But God, I did good maybe, at all clubs, so it's okay. Yeah, but maybe Delhi just needs just needs a change of scenery. Maybe a move to Germany might be might be perfect for him. You know, a move to Bayern or a move to Dortmund. I can't see him going to Barcelona. I think that might be a step too far. Uh, for Delhi, I'm not quite sure if he's Barca worthy when they've got a young attacking mid called Ricky Pug as well there who can't get a game. I'm not sure how he would start ahead of Delhi Alley. Um, let's just quickly check sports bet and see who the favourites are. Because Delhi Alley is a dollar eighty favourite to go to PSG, so that's that's where yeah, all yeah. the money's coming in. That, that makes a lot of sense to be honest. So that's not a bad move for him. Um, He'll he start go there. To PSG Farmers League. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see it. Uh, the other clubs that are listed there, Man United, Man City, Everton, Leicester. I don't see him going to any of those clubs, to be honest. Neither do I. That, you know, James Madison that plays in his role. Um, definitely not going to go to United where you've got 75 midfielders. Um, yeah. Maybe interesting, mate. Ibrahimovic, this man is like a fine red wine. Um, he scored in 20 consecutive seasons over four decades. He scored a double overnight for, for Milan to, to get them off to a, a great start, a 2-0 win. Um, mate, if Messi and Ronaldo were never born, he would be up there as being one of the greatest of all time. He's probably one of the greatest of all time strikers. Um, but in terms of players, he he's incredible. His stats speak for himself. It's the Stuart McGill syndrome, right player, wrong era. If um, he was in any other era, he dominates he wins all the Ballon d'Ors he's all the world player of the year awards he is revered I mean he is revered right now but he's a, a rung below Messi and Ronaldo and that's no disrespect to Ibrahimovic because he is still the finest striker mm. pure striker over the last 15 years probably in my opinion how many years has he got left as many as he wants. He can go play in India. He can go play in the Middle East. He can go play in China until he's 40, 41. He's still going to be better than anybody else. In I, think, I think he's going to play for the next few years in in uh, you know in Italy and at Milan. I think he's got a couple of years left in him. I think it'd be great to see him play to his 40. If Kazumura can play until he's 53, he's still going. Zlatan, Benjamin Button, mate. He's just getting better with age. Mm. Who's to say he won't play for another two or three years at the highest level? Play till he's 40. Teddy Sheringham did it. 
very yep. similar style. You know, they're not the most energetic players on the pitch, but they're um, they've got the extra yard of pace up in their head. Yeah, that's what you need ahead of the game. Mate, Martin Odegaard started for Real Madrid against his old club um, in a in a very dull nil nil draw. I was quite intrigued with with um, I, I quite liked. Real Madrid's starting side, to be honest. Odegaard started. Um, Vinicius Jr. started. Rodrigo started. They drew a blank. Um, Benzema up top there. But it, Odegaard, he had a good year at Sociedad. He did really well those those last few seasons on loan. And it's his first time, I think, he's played in five years at Real Madrid, um, which is huge. Yeah. And he's still only 21, 22. That's, that shows how long ago he's signed. Um... Does Odegaard have? Does he need to have a good big year for Real Madrid, or can he just get by and be a consistent player? What does he, what does Odegaard need to do um, to ensure that he, he's a success at Real Madrid? He needs to make make the most of every opportunity he gets to start because I don't see him starting regularly. I think this was basically a litmus test. You know, you're starting. Show me what you can do. Because the transfer window is still open, it wouldn't shock me to see him go out on loan again. I'd love to see him get a chance at Real Madrid, but he can't afford a season at this age right now of sitting on the bench. Yeah. He's progressed a lot in the last two years at Real Sociedad. It'll stagnate him quite a bit, I believe, if he does not get enough game time. Correct. So these next few weeks are crucial before the transfer window closes. Either he takes his opportunities at Real Madrid or he seeks another loan. Uh, I wouldn't mind him going to Real Betis or even Newcastle or Schalke or Besiktas, any of my teams. We all need help. Um, all the Betis we went 2-0 on the weekend, so a bit of, uh, bit of, bit of good yeah, news good there man. for me. Yeah, I'll take it. So Odegaard, we've known about him since he was 15, 16 yeah. years old, you know, the next next wonder kid. Um, we've seen how that's turned out in the past. You know, Rooney, a 16-year-old, dominated. Freddie Adu as a 13-year-old. Freddie Adu, so it can go two ways, but there's, he's still got time on his side. Got a lot of talent. And listen, you don't start a game for Real Madrid if you don't have some talent. So He started ahead of Casemiro, which is um, interesting because Casemiro is, is the linchpin of Brazil and the linchpin of Real Madrid. So it'd be interesting to see. Your favourite player. Yeah, mate. First on my team sheet, him and Alisson. Um, ahead of Neymar, actually, funny enough. Um, mate, Casemiro is the sole reason... I, I firmly believe Casemiro is the sole reason that Brazil lost to Belgium in that quarterfinal 2-1. Casemiro plays in that midfield. He 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 controls Lukaku in that game. Um, and he picks up De Bruyne when De Bruyne has made that deep run and, and hit that goal from a distance. I think Casemiro is that smart and that good of a defensive midfielder that he would not let it go play that far because if he does, he'll just kick him. Um, That's true. It's uh, the, your Dunga tactics. Just kick them. Yep. If they're running too far, just kick them South American style. Um, mate, Bayern Munich doing Bayern Munich things. Just a close game for them against your team, Schalke. I think it was 8-0. Um, it was definitely 8-0. Ev- everyone getting on the score sheet there. Um, I won't even run through it because we don't really have enough time to run through who, who scored all those goals. Um, but Lewandowski getting on the goal sheet. Sane on debut, um, which is absolutely cracking. But good to see moving across to my team, Dortmund. Um, mate, Jude Bellingham starting. I think I'm doing well. <laughs> that excites me. He's got an assist. Uh, Sancho scored. Haaland scored. Two. two. Um, mate, Jude, uh, the kid's going to be amazing. And what I like is that Dortmund have bought him, but they've got faith in him to do well from the start. It's not like, oh, we've bought you. You're young. We're going to develop you like the England mentality is. I find when a big club buys a young player, they're like, okay, well, you're 17 years old. You're 16 years old. You're 18. 
that means you're not good enough, so you have to sit on the bench. We have to drip feed you in to our system. Dortmund have gone, no, you're young enough, you're good enough, you're going to play and you're going to start, and he's done well. He's, they're throwing him in the deep end, and man, he's he's swimming. If you're good enough, you're old enough. The old mentality that uh, sort of faded from the English game uh, yeah, in has. recent times. Um, it's uh, There's not that many teenagers playing in the Premier League these days, but it seems like Dortmund are littered with them. Uh, side note, all their goal scorers were born in England. Uh, yeah. Giovanni Reina, uh, assisted by Jude Bellingham. Haaland, and then Haaland assisted by Sancho. So every one of them was born in England, which is hilarious well, to me. Engl- England could have had Giovanni Reina and they could have had Haaland as well. We could have. Uh, yeah, you missed the boat on those ones. But yeah, I, I'm, it's it's phenomenal watching Dortmund play. You know, it's basically like a real-life football manager. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's sign of the young we, we love buying. We love buying the young players, putting them in the team, watching them develop. But they're, they're surrounded by a little bit of experience as well with Matt Hummels, yeah. Ebro Chan. Roman Berkey, Munier, Axel Witzel. So it's, they, they do it's have the perfect. It's the perfect blend of young and old experience in youth, um, and football knowledge and brains combined with enthusiasm. It, it's it's yeah. it's how football should be played. Yeah, they they play football the right way. They're they're a club that's run the right way, and it looks like they hold on to Sancho as well. Yeah, which is huge. I, I believe he probably doesn't want to go to United at the moment, to be honest. So. It'll be, um, be interesting. Mate, let's move on. Luke's team of the week. Um, mate, the the mic is yours. Yeah, I kept the same formation uh, as last week. So in goal, it was hard to go past the new £17 million Emmy Martinez. Uh, you know, clean sheet, penalty save on debut. Can't really do much more as a goalkeeper. Uh, right back was a no-brainer for me. Um, yeah. Tarek Lamptey absolutely name. tore us apart. It wasn't just going forward. It was also in defence. You know, Wilson was through on goal and Lamptey chased him down. Great slide tackle. So he did it at both ends of the pitch. And Chelsea let a good one go there. They've done that a few times in the last uh, five to six years. Uh, in centre-back, I've got uh, Ezri Konsa uh, from Aston Villa. I know they didn't have... Um, they didn't play that well, Villa, but I thought in defence, he was a rock. He was solid. Popped up with a goal as well, you know, which is always... always uh, handy to have a centre-back that scores goals. But he contained Sheffield United pretty well. They were boosted with McGoldrick being sacrificed early uh, due to the red card to Egan. So it was just Oli Burke playing up front by himself. But Konza handled him pretty well. Uh, joining him, got Michael Keane uh, from Everton. Conceded two goals, but I thought he played well throughout. Popped up on the with another goal as well, two in two weeks. Left-back, I've gone for another young English fullback, uh, James Justin from Leicester. Again, he scored. Uh, but he was also pretty good defensively. He did let um, Dunn in for the goal, the second yeah. goal. He assisted but last thought, week as well. There's a goal and assist for for a little uh, for a left back. But he's they haven't really missed Chilwell yet. I know no. they've played two fairly poor teams uh, to begin with, but it hasn't looked out of place. Um, another one out of the Luton Town Academy. Shout out to my cousin's son. Austin, who's in their under-10s team and doing really well, playing Champions League football for Luton, which is amazing. That's close. Um, so good. Uh, centre mid, I've gone for Alan. 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 Um, um, yep, we, we had a bit of a chat the other day about boring Brazilian names, uh, and he was up there with one of them. So He's, he, probably, he's, he's probably a very boring player too. Um, but that's but what he, you need. But he ticks all the boxes, doesn't he? He ticks every single box. So he keeps Everton ticking, uh, that box-to-box you know, 
he's great on both both ends of the pitch, and I was very impressed with him. Uh, the other day, joining him, the man who needs no introduction, De Bruyne. De Bruyne is going to be in your team every week. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. How, how can you not put him in there? Uh, attacking mid-right, I've gone for Hyungmin Son. Pretty self-explanatory. You know, yeah. four goals. Uh, looked a constant threat on the counter-attack. Uh, looks a phenomenal, phenomenal player this season. Looks like he's even better than he was last year. On the left, Sadio Mane. Said it before, potentially third best player in the world. Yep. Uh, in, in my eyes, a couple of goals. Second one was gift-wrapped. Um, but he still had to be in the right position. You know, you know Kepa's a keeper without confidence. Close him down. He'll make a mistake. It's the carrier's effect. So uh, he, he gets my spot on the left. And up front, I've gone for an all-English combination. Harry Kane, uh, a goal and four assists. Uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> There's not much more that you need to say about that. It's his awareness and his passing was phenomenal. It's something you don't see from Kane. You think of Kane just as a predator, just as a finisher, but he showed a creative side, which which should encourage and excite a lot of Spurs fans. And my new favourite player as well, joining up front, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Mm-hmm. Um, Hattrick, Hattrick, predator goals, uh, four yeah, three, and, four three and goals two. from a combined six yards out, three goals. It's, it's what you need. So he's got four goals in two games now. Uh, I think he's equal top scorer with Son. Yep. Uh, so, yep, that's that's my team of the week. Good this team. Week. And if it's, it's a pretty good team. It's not bad. I mean, if you're looking on paper, the back five looks a bit weak, but they all played really well for me this week. Yeah, so. they're, they're goal heavy up top, so you're totally fine there. Yep, so it's a Leeds, Leeds formation. Yep. I'll yeah. score heaps and concede heaps. Yeah, fantastic. Mate, um, I'm going to throw... I'm, I'm going to do my either or straight away. Oh, no, sorry, not... Yeah, either or. Um, I'm actually going to throw a little bit different it's just going to be a question here if you're Gareth Southgate um, who do you play up front for England who starts for England right now Kane's captain Uh, Kane starts he's shown no reason why he shouldn't start Uh, he's scoring he's setting goals up he's fully fit England will only play one up top um so for me, it's Kane, but there's a if he stumbles or if his form drops, there's a clutch of players behind him. Yep. I know Vardy's retired from international, so we'll who, rule him who, out. Who's the next three in line? Next three, uh, Ings, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. For me, Rashford's more a winger these days rather than an out-and-out centre-forward. So I'd go Calvert-Lewin. I'll go Ings. Uh, I'd love to say Callum Wilson's going to have a great season. Um that's a tricky one for that that last spot because realistically we're probably only going to take three strikers uh, yeah. to the Euros uh, with you know Greenwood on the right, probably Rashford. They can alternate and play up front or through the middle if they need to. Uh, that's a tricky one though. I don't. For me, Calvert Lewin is definitely second in line right now, even without a cap. Uh, I think on form in the last twelve months, you can't, you'd be stupid not to pick him. Uh, yeah, I, I don't tough. really see it's, anybody else. There's a tough third, isn't there? It's it's tough. I mean, yeah. if someone like a Tammy Abraham, could, you know, if he has a good season, Patrick Bamford, if he scores 20-odd goals, it, it's up for grabs. It's up for grabs. But most of England's goals will come from the wide places. You've got Sancho, Sterling, Greenwood, Rashford, Kane, Calvert-Lewin, Ings. There's a lot of goals there. Yeah. Yeah, class. And Danny Dennings will be, uh, will be. Um, it may. He's a goal scorer. He's a now now pure 
other goal scorer. So definitely Ings and, and um, Dominic Calvin-Lewin in there. And it's tough to find that third. It's tough to find that fourth striker, so to speak. I guess when you've got uh, when you've got Kane and and, and DCL and, and Danny Ings, it's, it's very hard to find that fourth striker for England. It's, you know, there's there's probably about three or four that are in the same boat as each other. Um, you know, um, Wilson being one of them, and and Antonio scoring for West Ham as well. So that, that, that's an interesting thing where he's playing. He's playing up top, um, and he's picked off where he's left. He's picked up where he's left off in the end of the last season. Uh, mate, on this day, I've got a good one for you. You'll probably remember this very very fondly. Um, mate, on this day. September 22, it's a Tuesday today, um, Jonathan Woodgate made his debut for Real Madrid, um, <laughs> following his move from Newcastle, um, which turned out to be an absolute shocking debut for Real Madrid. He played against um, Athletic Bilbao, otherwise known as Athletic Billy Balbo. Um, Balbo. Mate, Jonathan Woodgate, probably one of the best centre-backs we've had. Um, one of the best centre-backs England have had, actually. He's a superb player. Um, he scored an own goal and was sent off on his debut for Real Madrid. They did not come much better. Um, I actually remember this fondly. They did not come much better than that. It was it was, it was was sad for him. You know, he's probably the most naturally talented centre-back that England have had in a generation. He was just absolutely phenomenal, but shit the bed <laughs> on his debut. It couldn't have gone any worse. And he never really recovered. Uh, from that at Real Madrid. That was basically the start and the end of his Real Madrid career. Your first game, Paul, Paul Ladd. Yep. Paul Ladd. There's also Newcastle on this day, mate. They, um, Newcastle were led 4-0 against QPR at halftime and it was 5-5 full-time. Just, what year yeah, was that? Uh, this 90, is 1984. 84. Ah, yep. I wasn't born. I don't remember that. I was two. <laughs> I was two. Mate, um... But that's us for the that's us for this evening. Great little uh, episode three. Uh, we will be at Glebe Markets, a little poly SFC this Saturday, nine a.m. We're just going to probably spend our life savings on a few retro jerseys, like we've been trying to do of late. Um, so come down and give the boys a little bit of um, a little bit of support. They're doing doing a few good things on on Insta, and there's quite a lot of old memorabilia floating around on Instagram at the moment. Um, heaps which is cool which is really cool so if you're in the market I think there's your poly FCC what is that thrill of thrift um, there's a couple more floating around but um, mate we'll be down there on Saturday we'll be back at the same time next week with episode 4 um, and a lot more football to chat chat about there's super, obviously a round of the Premier League coming up um, Super Cup on its way I'm going to leave everyone here with um, three tips for the, for the um for the, the next round of Premier League games. Um, it's going to be nice and simple. They're not going to be huge tips. So we'll go with four. We'll throw, we'll throw deep in a multi here um, just before we tip away. They're going to be quite easy ones. I, I'm going to go with, I think, um, Chelsea are going to beat West Brom. Uh, Timo Werner is going to get his first goal of the season. Um, Leeds and Sheffield Wednesday. Leeds are actually going to win that. Um, they're going to win that 2-1. You can put money on this. Um, I'm not going to touch Newcastle. Um, City will beat Leicester. That'll be 3-0. And West Ham and Wolves. Um, actually, no, scrap that. We're going to go Fulham-Villa. That's going to be a draw. There's been no draws over the first two rounds. Yep, there's so the you're, you're predicting there's the first one. Yeah. All right, so Chelsea to beat West Ham. Goal from Werner. Leeds to win 2-1. Uh, City to beat Leicester 3-0. Fulham-Villa draw. I'll do that right now. Here we go. So we go. I'll show the, um, the goal markets. 
Uh, well, there's actually no anytime goal scorers at the moment, so I can't put it up. Oh, what a shame. We'll have to wait. But you can you can take note and um, and we'll go from there. But I do believe that City are definitely going to win 3-0. That is paying 10 bucks. There you go. You can put your uh, your tip sheet up on uh, Instagram for all the listeners to follow and put on Twitter. Yeah, Put your money where your mouth is, mate. Yep, I'm on it. You're on it. How'd you go last week? How many did you get right? Mm, can we review can we our tips? I can't remember. Hold on, let me check. Yeah, me. yeah, you can go on your bet slips. It shouldn't yeah, be yeah. that far back. You're not that much of a degenerate, are you? Well, I got one wrong in my multi. Um, I did I did you. Well, it leads to win. Patrick Bamford's the score. I got um, Patrick Bamford to have one or more shots. Leads to have six or more shots. And over two and a half goals. And I had Pablo Hernandez anytime goal score. I got voided because he got injured in the warm-up. Play. So yep. I, got my, I got my money back. But what about your your bet that you your multi that you uh, predicted last week for, on the show? Uh, yeah, How'd yeah, you we, go with we that did, one? We didn't do too well at that one. Um, Everton to win. Um, Hummers to score. Kind of got that right. Leeds to win. I uh, picked United. Um, that cost me. Picked Arsenal. Um, and then for some stupid reason, I had Newcastle to win and, and um, Chelsea to win, and that didn't happen. But then Leicester won and City won. So yeah, it was interesting. Crash and burn. Sorry, you'll be better this week. Yeah, better every week. <laughs> totally Couldn't fine. be much worse. Yeah, no, no that's all good. Done and done. All right, guys. Uh, much love. Don't forget on the penalty spot on Twitter, on the pen spot on Instagram. Um, thanks for tuning in. Please send as much feedback as possible, just so we can give you guys what you want, and uh, we can go from there. Much Sounds good. We'll chat, chat soon. Much love. Take care. Bye bye.